Sex Radio. Brunt Talk. With Olive. It's the Branch Talk here on RX Radio with me, Olive Monica Nejuma. How have you been? How has been your week? And I hope you're having a good day. I hope you're having a good weekend. Thank you so much for joining us every Saturday, 12 o'clock to 1 p.m. Branch Talk runs every other Saturday. And if you have missed any episode, you can check out the podcast section on the RX Radio app and take a listen at any topic of your liking. Now, today, we bring you one of the events that occurred during this week. Many events have occurred this week, but the most outstanding of them all was the Soroti by-election. It was a stiff battle between national resistance movements Herbert Edmund Arico and Forum for Democratic Party's Moses Atan. There were allegations of poisoning ballot tampering and then police rounded up pretty much the entire FDC leadership on the eve of the election. Many have wondered why this was a high-stakes vote. Why was the national resistance movement so interested in this particular election that plenary had to be suspended for a week so that the party's top brass could pitch camp in Soroti? These and more questions are what we will be looking at on this branch and to help shed some light on the events before and on the day of voting is Julius Arugu, the leader of Public Affairs Center of Uganda, a civil society organization working closely with the FDC. We will be right back. Branch Talk with Olive. Welcome to the Branch Talk, Mr. Arugu. Thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to talk to the public. So, please tell us more about yourself and uh, the Public Affairs Center of Uganda. Thank you so much. My name is Julius Arugu. I work with the Public Affairs Center. It's a civil society organization that deals with the issues of governance and accountability, human rights, and also livelihoods. We operate in the Texas sub-region. We also work in Karamoja. West Nile and part of survey and we work with different partners across both at the national and at the subnational level championing a number of issues that affect the communities okay so in this election you were working closely with the FDC tell us why uh, we were not working closely with FDC uh, as a civil society organization we normally do election observation and uh, last previous elections, we were working together with uh, SEDU. We also worked with SEWID and then AXIM. Okay. So these by elections, we as part did not participate in election monitoring. But uh, as a member of uh, Soroti East Division, uh, we also got interested in the elections on how it was being managed uh, within my constituency. And being a new city, we're also very interested to know what was taking place uh, for the city. Okay. So we have had many by-elections since the general elections last year. Why was this particularly outstanding? Thank you so much. I think this election had issues from day one. Mm. Uh, in the process in which the constituency was carved, there were a lot of things. I think the Ministry of Local Government did not do the right things 
Uh, he appeared here several times. There were a number of complaints raised. Later on, they petitioned about their lawyers and then OPI, which were taken to waste. Again, later on, uh, Edmond put another petition asking for these areas. Court again ruled it out that they were east, so Alliot and OPI were brought back to the east. And then now, I think they went ahead to court and then court nullified the elections as uh, illegal. Which therefore calls for means that uh, they had to do a rerun for Soroti East. And now what we are waiting to hear is for the West. Because part of the team that voted for the Member of Parliament for the West has not uh, been taken the other side, has been brought here. Meaning now that the other person is also there illegally. So want to see the large friends how they are going to interpret the law and bring it to the public. Also, what you're saying is that uh, what led to the by-election, there are some cells that had known, cells or wards that had been put in, uh, that the local government had uh, situated in Soroti East, yet they were not supposed to be there. In the first place, those wards, that is OPI ward mm. and the and the alert ward, at the first place, they say they were in the East. Then later on, they were told they were in the West. Now, after the elections, uh, Ariko again went to court to challenge and find out where the wards were. Courts ruled out that the wards were in the east. So they brought the wards in the east, and that court ruling came out that we were supposed to have the by-elections, and that's why it happened in the east. And our question is that, uh, what about the west? Because now the other people earlier on voted in the west, and now that member of parliament is still there. So mm. we now need to... Yeah, so there will need, have to be another nullification of that. That way, and that is what we anticipate because it has happened this side, then definitely the other side. Okay. So yeah. what particularly made, uh, apart from the words being misplaced, why was this election uh, so important to both camps, especially the National Resistance Movement camp? Uh, personally, I cannot tell because... In the first place, when the two contestants were there, that is Arrico and Atan, Arrico was contesting as an independent candidate when he lost to Atan. Mm. Then later on, I think he decided to join the NRM, and uh, I think he was heading some department at Parliament at the office of the Speaker. And later on, I think after the petition came out, they went to court, he decides now to join NRM and he came as a candidate for NRM. So those guys took him as their candidate. Doesn't it sound a bit so convenient? <laughs> I, I, I really don't understand. <laughs> but I think he also had this choice. You know, we had a multi-party and he had his own interest to join the party. Okay, anyway, we will never know. So tell us yeah. about the events that preceded the election day. Why were FDC's leaders and agents arrested? Um, I will be specific. I will be talking specifically for the three polling stations. Okay. That is Owolo polling station. That is in Owolo Church of Uganda grounds. Mm. Then we have Olua polling station. That is in Otata Primary School. And then Akisim Central, which is located in Akisim PAG. At around 11 is when I went to cast my vote in a wall of polling station. Shortly after casting my vote, 
I got a brother who was there called me that police has arrived here. Everybody has been stopped from voting. Uh, police are here uh, with four vehicles, and now they have chased people from the polling station. Actually, they are taking the ballots. When the community went there, they had the scaffolds, and later on, they managed to chase everybody, and they continued voting. They made sure that out of the 424 voters, they made sure they did the ticking, including one of my brothers. And your uh, brother yes. was uh, voting someone else? No, he was supposed to come and vote. So when I told him, he told me, no, you are lying. He was in the cutter. He said, I will be coming to cast my vote at what? At two. So when he arrived at two, they told him, the road papers are over. Mm-hmm. So he stood, they became four. Later on, they told him, you are no longer going to vote. Because of time? Because, no, 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 because the ballots are over. The ballots then are... Asked, then he asked them, how many voters do we have? They told them 424. Then he said, how many have voted? 424. Then he said, but we are here for, we have not voted. So where did so, the 424 did come from? Yeah. Then they told me, ah, they told him, don't mind, you have finished. And after they had finished ticking, the police remained there until the time, they were four o'clock, and then they drove. Now, one of my brothers who was the agent there, by name Edirumotes, was picked by police. They took him to town. They took him to a place called Morapesur. When we were talking, he told me I'm in Morapesur. Later on, he told me that I've been put in some house in Morapesur. By the evening, as I was trying to access him, his phone is off up to now as we talk. Wow. Mr. Arugo, we are going to get a short break, but when we come back, I would like to ask you some more questions about that incident, especially the one where police did the ballot ticking. Hey, guess what? Uh, this is RX Radio. Brunch Talk with Olive. Welcome back to the Brunch Talk. My name is Olive Najuma, your host every Saturday. 12 to 1 o'clock. Now, today we are looking into the by-election in Soroti East. Before we went for the break, our guest, Mr. Julius Arugu uh, from the Public Affairs Center of Uganda Civil Society Organization, said that in certain wards back in Soroti East during the elections, that uh, there are some three wards where police came in, uh, surrounded the place, cordoned off the place, and they started ballot ticking. And at the end of the day, some people could not vote. These people included one of his brothers. Mr. Arugu, welcome back to the Branch Talk. Thank you so much for welcoming me back. So before we went for the break, you said police did the ballot ticking in three wards, in three polling stations. Uh, thank you so much. I think uh, it was the presiding officers and the police were guarding them. Oh, presiding officers guarded by police. But it's still not okay because the election is supposed to be free and fair, right? Yeah, that is the concept of the law, but it did not happen. That's absurd. Uh, have you heard uh, of this having happened elsewhere in the constituency? Yeah, uh, another place where it happened was in Aholoa, and that is Otata Primary School. I received a call from that place and I was told uh, police have arrived here 
later on when I tried to find out it was true, they did everything, they did and then walked away. Unfortunately, when they left, I'm told the community also went there, destroyed the bucket, and after destroying the bucket, I think they burnt the barrels. Nevertheless, we are told that the team came back with another new ballot boxes, started pre-teaching, started the move until it went off. According to the Electoral Commission, um, Edmund Arico won by 9,407 votes and Atan scored 8,771 votes. But now, if you're saying that uh, in a polling station that had 424 voters, all of them were pre-ticked by presiding officers and it happened in other polling stations, then this was not a fair and square win. Now, let me give you the last polling station that was uh, Kisim polling station, which had 750 voters. Yes. Those guys had the scaffold again. Police went there with the, I think, military. They almost shot somebody there called the, uh, there was a name mentioned. The chairman, LOC one was arrested. Uh, one of the polling agents, I think, was arrested and beaten. I don't know where he is now. His phone is ringing, but cannot pick it up. And they ticked. According to what the results I get from there, they gave a turn 175, and then I think I recall 2,500 and something. Get out from there if you want the realities. Come on the ground. Because even media houses, I think, like, just got intimidated. Mm. They got scared. Yeah. Mm. So there are no so there are no recordings to this effect where they like did they not allow people to take videos or something like that? How could you reach where there are police officers and soldiers? Mm. The only thing is to watch from a distance and keep quiet. I understand. So, yeah, for me, I think it has been a very big learning thing for us, most especially the voters. And uh, I don't think whether people really will have an opportunity to go and exercise their rights as the Constitution. You know, we have been championing the issue of civic education, encouraging people to go and vote, telling them it's your right, enshrining the Constitution under these articles, Article 1, Clause 1 and 4, look at this. And I think it is very difficult because people stood online and watched and later on they just come and pick your ballot they pick your box put it there and then somebody starts critiquing critiquing the things when you're there well guarded and he walks away i don't know who now signs the dr forms it was very unfortunate then the legitimacy of the leader really if a leader who was elected and that circumstances how would it be so i don't see any democracy we are preaching and I think by elections have really been so horrible to the extent that uh, I, 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 I don't see. I don't see the value for elections in our country. Now, you, a, a person that spearheads, you know, civic education regarding elections, if you're saying you've been defeated, then it shows that the country is moving in a rather very sorry direction. So for yeah, elections think, coming in the future, what are Ugandans supposed to do or even expect? I think with the frustrations we have seen, mm. I would say the government should appoint the people they want. I don't know. Mm. Because you wake up in the morning, you sit, and then you start saying, today I must go and cast my vote. And somebody just comes and picks a box, puts it aside, 
and does what he wants and then submit. Really, is that democracy in our country? No, it isn't. And where are we heading to? Now, a person like me who has been telling people right things, who has been championing, I was told you need to be arrested, you are doing bad things to the community. Is that how democracy is revenge? You okay. said your brother was arrested. Uh, what influence did your brother have in this uh, election? He went there as, a, I think, was there as an agent for a time. Mm. Now, when the police arrives at the polling station, they will only ask you that where are the opponents for for, for a the, the agents for a time come this way, then you go there. They tell you sit inside that car, police car. Wow. You know, Tatai, they called all of them, NRM and FDC and UPC agents, sit in the car and go away. Now, as you are driven away, the presiding officers, unfortunately for my real polling station, have been the real agent for Ed Monarito. So they are the ones who have been doing everything. They are the ones uh, giving out the ballot papers. They are the ones who are picking the register. And they are the ones who are putting the the, the, the ink on your hands. So when now they condone the place, they had to tick. And everybody, actually the whole public, was seeing what was happening was in the whole watch, world. Was watching. Yes. Now, Mr. Arugo, these are explicit allegations that you're making. Are you sure that if they come for you, you will still be confidently saying what you're saying? Not that they will come for you, but in the event that something of that sort happens. Please, the public is here. There are people who witness. There are those ones who were chased. There are those ones who have been arrested and they are not yet back here. They will mm. testify. They will testify. So the FDC leaders that were arrested, um, uh, the party president, Patrick uh, Muriat Oboy, and uh, his other agents were all arrested. Because before we even got to talk to you, we tried to look around and they told us all our people are in cells. Do you have any hope of them being released soon? Have they been shown in court? Uh, personal, I think... Um they won't be released, I know. Maybe that could have been the pressure they are putting that if we take away these people, we will uh, achieve what we want. Maybe they will interfere with what we want. So it's better to keep them away and then later on we release them. Because personally, again, one of my brothers by by name is Lenny John Calvin, who was uh, once a, a counselor at the district, called me and told me that, man, I have been arrested. I am here in Dokolo. So when I asked him, so how, what are you doing there? That we were arrested from Anabaji's uh, uh, place and we in Dokolo. Then I told him, are you safe? Say yes, I'm safe and I'm okay. So that therefore means maybe they could have been deported there just for some time and they will be released maybe after some time. And I think that has been the thing. But uh, initially the campaigns were peaceful from day one up to the end. We saw people happy on both camps. Nobody were at So now I think the eve to the elections it's when things started changing everywhere you could go you see boardblocks put on and so on and so on is that when the eve of the elections is that when Atan was allegedly poisoned i think so because i also saw on social media that he, he was poisoned we saw that thing trailing on social media yes he himself said that he had been poisoned and had been given anti-poison to save his life and the fdc party spokesperson also confirmed the allegations so could be but that one i cannot confirm but since he has confirmed it to you maybe that was what happened so for me if i was to advise technically 
I, I don't see need to do any concession. I don't see any because now, if this is what we saw, you know, people were anxious to vote. Everybody was happy, and then I wish they had left first of all people to count and get to know that who loves who. Now, in the process, you cannot tell who won, who do that. There were a lot of chaos everywhere. Only I think where there were cameras, like in areas of town. I think the elections went peacefully, but the newly annexed villages to the city, it was chaos only. So um, another question here is, uh, this was a by-election after the previous election had been nullified. What other course can Atan take? Because he's on record saying, I listened to him saying that uh, he does not agree that he lost and he's going to camp in Soroti and uh, the party is going to decide on the way forward. So my question here is, can they also go to court to petition against this win? Can we have a by-election after by-election or this is done and sealed? I think uh, looking at what has happened here in Soroti, to me, I would maybe advise him he goes to court, files, maybe for the purposes of records, but I don't see anything that can change with what I saw with my eyes. Mm. Yeah, because if the will of the people <laughs> cannot be recognized, mm. then what do we expect? And in any case, we have a by-elections here. Maybe we need uh, international observers, we need national observers here. In the case we need that, or oh, we maybe need uh, media houses in most of these very urban areas. But short of that, no miracle to me. No miracles. No. You have really lost faith. It must have yeah. been terribly uh, disappointing what happened in Soroti East. Yeah. This is The Branch Talk. My name is Olive Najuma. Thank you so much for being a part of this show. We are going to take a break. And then when we come back, um, Mr. Julius Arugu of Public Affairs Center of Uganda will be telling us what the way forward should be in elections. He has already given us um, a hint about his expectations now after what he witnessed in the Soroti East by-election. Don't go away. Branch Talk. With Olive. Beautiful music playing here on RX Radio, but most importantly, amazing conversations happening right here on the Brunch Talk with me, Olive Najuma on RX Radio. How have you been? How is your Saturday? I'm hoping you're having a wonderful day. I'm hoping you're enjoying your weekend. And I hope that you're interested in the events that happen in our country. Now, I know that uh, some incidents that happen in this country make some people make jokes like, if you get a moment, leave Uganda, never come back. But home is the best. East to West, home will always be best. And we can't shy away from the hard conversations that are about things in our society, in our country, like the politics of our nation. There was, this week, there was a by-election in Soroti East where NRM won with uh, about 9,000 votes as opposed to FDC's uh, candidate, Atan, who got about 8,700 votes, give or take. Now, the gentleman I'm speaking to from Public Affairs Centre of Uganda, a civil society organisation, says that he personally witnessed uh, vote rigging 
happening in this by-election. And of course, we know that uh, the FDC leaders and their agents were arrested. About 70 people were rounded off and, you know, arrested. Um, polling agents were taken. We don't know why police arrested these people. Of course, uh, on Thursday, they, there were comments from the police that, oh, there was a, a breaking of the law. And uh, But we don't know to what extent. We just know, according to news reports, that some people were arrested, including Patrick Amoriat Oboy. Now, welcome back, Mr. Arugu, to the Branch Talk. Thank you so much for welcoming me back. So, in light of the recent arrest by police, a section of Ugandans is concerned that they are so random and many of those arrested are actually innocent people. Um, I'll give you an example of, of course, the arrest that happened in Soroti East, but also if you remember, there were arrests that were made in Jinja this week because of uh, some riots, demonstrations against the escalating prices of commodities and, of course, fuel. And people are concerned that uh, some of these people are actually innocent young men that are randomly taken by police and some of them never come back home. So the big question here is, what are you as a civil society organization, of course, with your peers, doing to enable these people get justice? Um, thank you so much for that question. It is really true. I want first to talk about the boys, the girls who are arrested in the polling sessions as agents. I don't know which law they are broken. Mm. For me, I felt if they wanted to drag elections, they would tell these people, walk away and go to your homes and they continue. Why would you take somebody to sleep somewhere, actually where you don't know? Because you are doing your constitutional right. You are supposed to represent that person. You are supposed to be there to witness. So in regards to what we saw, I think the biggest challenge we are having now is that uh, as we talk, I was happy this morning when I heard from UBOS releasing a report that uh, over one million people are poor. You can imagine. Mm. So this therefore means there is a need for government to address the issues that are coming out. And right now, the most pressing issue is the social status. People are buying food. People are buying fuel. People are buying everything. There is no money. Economy is very hard. But government has failed to come up with interventions that address economic empowerment to the people. Now, when the president goes to speak on television, people are eager to listen on the interventions the president is bringing. But he's bringing new things we don't understand. He's telling us about the cars which are using electricity. Electric cars. Electric cars. We are benchmarking in, in, in China, yet we are in Africa. I think government needs to sit down, comes to the drawing board and takes the data for Ugandans and then start up interventions that are going to empower people economically. You have heard about uh, Paris development model. You see Ubos telling government to hold on because there is no clear data, which I agree with them. One, we saw what was happening when they were collecting data. Two Paris chiefs to collect data in the whole village. And a village has how many households? Mm. Lot of households. And they want them to do it in two weeks. So whatever they present... In two weeks? Yes. So they want... Because each parish is supposed to get 100 million shillings. But then you can't have data for in two weeks. 
now what some of these people are doing you are carrying uh, you are need to do it online somebody is able to record maybe 10 people per day now in a single village you have maybe 200 households now what about the parish in a single village maybe you have like uh, in a ward you can have like uh, five to seven villages now when you you have more than 1200 households when will you complete it so government needs to have a comprehensive data then government needs to come up with interventions that address economic empowerment one we've seen emioga people have not benefited it came at the time of politics and people were using it as politics very many people not benefit we actually there have... has been contention that most of these poverty alleviation projects are, are launched around election time and uh, it's partly the reason why they never come to fruition that is true we saw women Uganda Women Entrepreneurship Project. Yes. It did not and Youth Livelihoods. Oh, Emioga is the Youth Livelihoods yes. Project. We are, we are seeing young people moving in the streets. They wake up, no jobs, no nothing. But we feel if he brought an intervention, can government get back and say, I think we did this, we failed. What was the problem? Can we go and reflect on the data? Can we see where we failed to deliver? Can we sit now and say, try this model here and see how we can work on it? I think that would have been the best thing now you see what is happening in karamoja mm. people are dying because of food just like it used to happen in teso but what saved teso was uh, i think the strategy that mosa echweru had by the time he was a minister for disaster they were able to supply the inputs and the seeds but also supply the food so as people were eating their food they were planting and they were weeding it gave some short time and people were able to resurrect from hunger these are the intervention we expect to proceed to other regions like karamoja and then establishment of new schemes like irrigation schemes because now you see in uganda we believe that if god does not send us rain then there is no food and i am actually worried for teso sub region this time because as we talk now people are even approaching the youngest cassava that they had planted which means next year we are state there's going to be famine because as we talk now there is no rain people want to rain people are eating the seeds yes people are eating the seeds there is a component of school fees we need to pay so these are all the challenges government needs to have people who are pro people in those ministries who can come out to support people who can come out with the projects that can benefit i want to give you an example of pdm the other financial year they told us they were going to give each party 17 million has it happened no this time they're saying we have given one trillion to pdm but as we talk now mm. no 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 parish has gotten the money now the members of parliament were sent to talk to people i did not see they were just coming to talk politics they're not giving people a real thing the data which is there is contradicting the guiding principles are not there we saw the recruitment of these parish chiefs you have to pay money to be recruited i think government needs to comprehend its data needs to change its institutional framework to make sure that it works for the benefit of the poor people otherwise i am telling you we are seated on a stone that is going to roll us out because i want to tell you as we talk now the poor people are not sleeping day and night even the rich people are not sleeping anything knocking the door they know that this people have come for me so we are in that <laughs> <process>. <laughs> pardon me for laughing but <laughs> you painted a rather humorous picture there 
So you're mm. saying that we are sitting on a ticking time bomb. Exactly. Because now the poor man is not sleeping, he's thinking, where can I go and get work? How much can I earn? He has sleepless nights. Now the rich man who has in the little is also saying, I don't know whether this poor will come for me. Any mango that falls on the car or what, he wakes up and says, I think this poor will come. <laughs> So I think we need people who sit in the ministries as far as uh, the designers of the projects to rethink, re-strategize for programs that will come and benefit the poor people. We saw money being distributed here as low as 2,000 shillings. People were picking because the lifestyle is very bad. But we understand that if people were really well off and they were empowered economically, you would come and speak to us. We judge you by your manifesto. We get back home and you allow us to take the decision. Now, even in terms of decision, we are not given to take our decision and to make our choices. I think that is where government needs to work hard to improve. But also now you see the image of government for us in terms of subregion has changed. Mm. So what we saw is what we have been hearing. And this is an abuse, first of all, to police. It is an abuse to government. You get it. There are things we feel government should give to the institutions that are responsible. If you are giving electoral commission that opportunity to exercise and play their role, can you give them to do their role? Because when I saw the recruitment of uh, the, the, the polling assistants and so on, I just said, okay, let's see what will happen. But inside my heart, I had already known. So I want government to change the way it works, look at the constitution, or nullify the constitution. Um, I'll take you back a little bit to what you said about empowering people economically. There is the belief that uh, an impoverished society is easy to manipulate and easy to rule. And uh, still picking from what you've just shared right now, you say that uh, as low as 2,000 shillings was being given to people and they were taking it excitedly. I think that takes us back to the whole mess during our elections because most people don't vote for the people that they would want to see in offices of power for change. Most people vote because someone has given them sugar, soap, or some money to buy warage. <laughs> um, <laughs> that context for the Tesla subregion, I want to say, and I want to specifically talk about Soroti City, where I come from. Mm. I think it does not work out like that. Okay. We have seen, I want to give two examples. In 2016, I used to monitor elections and I used to conduct debates for candidates. Uh, we saw Sir, uh, Ngora sending Honorable Abala by then without money. He had no money. He spoke his heart. He was a candidate for NRM and people voted for him and he went. Uh, the previous election of 2001, we had uh, in Soroti City, we had um, Soroti City West. We had a candidate who had the money, who was flying with a chopper, everything he had. But people did not vote for him. People ate his money, did everything, <laughs> and ended voting for a poor man. You get it? Ah, so, but don't so, you think that the trajectory has now changed with this new breed of leaders? So, for me, I think there is an aspect of economic empowerment. It is true. But people are aware of the challenges they go through. That makes them to go for leaders they wish to elect. 
I want to give you a short synopsis of uh, Soroti Regional Referral Hospital. If you go to Soroti Regional Referral Hospital, you will get doctors waiting for you. They will uh, look at you, they will assess you, and they will tell you, please go and test for malaria outside there. Go and do this test outside there, and they come back. When you go back, they will prescribe for you a medicine, and you walk out to go to the clinic. Sometime back, you used to go and sit there, get a number first, go back home, then tomorrow come back for treatment. Service delivery is a challenge to us, and we are seeing it as a challenge. Issues of education, we are seeing it challenging. Can you imagine the level of performance? Now look at what teachers did and then came back. Now you see the, that problem lies in the heads of the parents. Mm. Uh, look at the issue of what I was telling about the hunger. People are buying flour now. When you go and sit to the next shop, everybody is buying flour. Everybody's a few individuals who are not doing it. Now, during this campaign, people could go for rallies because there's money. If you get money, you're going to buy flour, you're going to buy supper, you are sure of the next day. I think the, all this you see are the ones that are making people to realize the value for their vote. And now, when you try to make value for your vote and you want to make a decision, your decision is not honored. I think that's where I feel government is really becoming unfair. So, Mr. Arugo, what would be your parting remarks as we close? Uh, my parting remarks is that uh, I would want to encourage the whole public to become. We've seen this outcome of the elections. Everybody is contented with what has come out. We saw sham happening. That is, I think, what was predetermined. Let's calm down, get back to our businesses and do our work. <laughs> We no longer, I don't think we no longer have our rights. <laughs> uh, for those ones who have lost, like uh, Moses and the team, I think you can go petition, sit first with the Aligolo team, look at it. If you can file it as a case for references, you can do that. Let me, when you go for prime, when you even given a chance for by-elections, it will even be worse. It will even cost lives to be lost. Mm. Then finally, to Uganda police, uh, you have destroyed the image of police, but we know the pressure that is maybe behind you. Uh, to government, I want to say these are people who are in jail. They have not committed any crime. The deal done, please allow these people to come back. We want to have them. They have families. They have children. They have responsibilities to do. You have done your part. Release them to come and they join us in the public domain. I think that is the thing. Um, for those who were beaten, please, let's not retaliate. That is all. Give hope to God. But I want to encourage people, come to NT26. Let's continue walking. Whatever happens, Aluta Continua, I think will help us. Thank you those so who, much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mr. Julius Arugu, for shedding some light on the events that happened in the by-election in Soroti East. You're most welcome. Have a lovely day. Likewise. Thank you so much for having joined me on The Branch Talk. We normally have deep conversations about many things. And today it was politics. It was the by-elections in Soroti East. Now, if you are supporting Herbert Edmund Arico, congratulations. NRM won. He won. And if you supported the Forum for Democratic Change Party's uh, uh, candidate, Moses Atan, 
sorry you lost it's sad because uh you know when you support someone you really want them to win but it didn't happen this time maybe you can try again in 2026 and to you our listeners you are the real mvps continue doing what you do it's what makes rx radio as exceptional as it is and it is what makes me happy and sleep well at night i'll catch you again next saturday have a great weekend don't forget to have a good time because your life matters and your happiness matters too brunch talk with olive